This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in to the Hoist the Colors podcast. I am your host, Stephen Igo. We are on the eve of National Signing Day, Wednesday at 7 a.m. The faxes, or not really the faxes anymore, but the letters of intent will be sent in via picture, email, however it's done these days, and players will officially sign with said schools and then be allowed to be announced as signees and future members of the football team that will be happening in East Carolina that will be happening across the country in college football of course we've been covering recruiting all year long even before the past 365 days for the 2023 class recruiting never stops it won't stop on signing day but this is kind of at least a period where hey we can officially finalize some things we can officially talk about it with the head coach Mike Houston at ECU And so we've got some storylines heading into signing day that I want to get to on this podcast as we have a final set the stage show for you heading into Wednesday. I want to talk about what will be left after signing day. This is really just the start, although a good good bulk of it will be done on Wednesday officially. There will still be more needs, specifically in the transfer portal and beyond. Heading into January, there's another signing day, the traditional signing day in February, which is almost like a footnote now, but there are a couple of ECU targets that will wait to sign then that the Pirates may continue to pursue. There's also some more targets the Pirates might get in the mix for as the calendar turns to January. So we'll get into some of the top storylines in today's show. First, what to expect on Wednesday. Right now on 24-7 Sports, we have 13 Verbal commitments from the high school or junior college ranks to East Carolina. They're all high school players right now. Of course, the former JUCO commit Tyreek McDaniel ended up flipping to Indiana. Now we have three more transfer commitments. They are listed on our on our commitment page if you go to the ECU 24-7 sports commitment page, but it is a separate column from the high school or JUCO commits, and therefore they get different rankings 
as Division One transfers. The Pirates have three transfers in addition to their current 13 commitments who have announced. There are a couple of high school players who are set to announce on Wednesday. We'll give you the latest on those here in a second. And their chances of potentially landing with East Carolina. The Pirates are also still in the mix for a couple of transfers as well as we get ready for Wednesday. And again, transfers don't have to sign on Wednesday. Uh, in the past, ECU has announced that the committed transfers who have made their intentions known to uh, attend the university, they can be announced with the regular signees and likely will be as far as the three guys who have committed. And if anybody else commits between now and then, they'll be announced as well. But right now, I'm expecting at least 16 signees announced, and I'll, probably that number will, glow, will grow closer to 20. I don't know if it'll quite get to 20 because I don't think they're going to announce, as of right now, the preferred walk-ons are not expected to pronounce. But one thing I do want to reiterate, and we do this every every recruiting class, you know, a lot of the attention goes to the guys who either A, make their decisions right before signing day or make their decision on signing day because a lot of these guys have been committed throughout the process. Of course, ECU lost some decommitments. We touched on that in the previous show for a number of different reasons, some tough blows from talented guys. But still, this is a really solid class, the 2023 cycle, whatever it's ranked, regardless of that. Um, I think it's it's got the chance to have some dynamic playmakers. I want to give some thoughts first before we move on to some of the top storylines of guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing how they develop at ECU. Uh Specifically at wide receiver, really like the three receivers committed and that are expected to sign Nate Branch, Malik LeVert, and Zion Agnew, the three receivers who are committed to ECU and expected to sign on Wednesday. I think Branch and Malik have number one receiver talent potential. Branch out of the slot, dynamic speed, home run ability. Uh, He just had shoulder surgery. He told me he'll be back probably late summer, so he's got to continue to to rehab and and take care of some things in the classroom. So I do wonder if he'll be able to contribute year one, but still long-term, extremely dynamic, and he's your highest-rated commitment for a reason because he has all the speed, all the talent for sure. Um, Malik, huge physical body, 6'3", 200, a little raw, does need some refinement, but he's got the the build that you want of a top-tier receiver. Uh, was kind of a one-man show in high school, played for a winless team this past year, but had a monster junior season at Greenbrier in Georgia. Um, I really like Malik's upside long-term. And then Zion Agnew, not as highly recruited as Nate Branch, not as highly recruited as Malik, but consistently productive, good head on his shoulders, um, profiles more as a slot guy too, but really like all three of those receivers and what is needed to be Quite frankly, what needs to be a strong receiver class because as I look at the roster now, the receiving depth chart and the roster is just not in a great spot. Um, They haven't recruited particularly well there at the high school level over the past number of years. They really need to restock that position, and I think this class will go a long way towards doing that. Another important piece of this class was getting some pass rush off the edge. They did lose Michael Short, who the Pirates projected to play outside linebacker for them, but they still have commitments from and expect signings from Demoris Jenkins and Kieran Davis. I really love Jenkins out of North Mecklenburg, 
former high school basketball player who kind of really transitioned to football the last few years. 6'5", 220, can run, can can bend, can get after the passer. I think he's got the chance to grow into a really special player. And then Kieran Davis, the other edge rusher, son of former NFL first-round pick Charles Grant. Good bloodlines. Has played running back, has played outside linebacker, played defensive end in high school. He projects as an edge, could grow into a defensive end, play with his hand in the dirt depending on how he um, – how he grows into his body the next few years. But I really like both those guys. In a room that needs to get a lot longer and more projectable, I think Kieran Davis and Demoris Jenkins both had the chance to do that. Of course, with the decommitments of Ty Adams and uh, McDaniel and also the loss of Aiden Duncanson to North Carolina, the defensive backfield took a bit of a hit. But ECU got the commitment of Kamari McKinley from Lakeland, Florida. Just won a state title with unbeaten Lakeland this past weekend. Projectable safety at six foot one seventy five. They also have Greg Turner out of Cedar Grove in Georgia, uh, former Hapeville Charter Charter prospect as well. Uh, really high on both those guys. Long term, can think they both help the Pirates as they move forward. And then linebacker, this was a, a crucial class as well. Again, lost Tay Seymour, but I still like the other two linebackers who are committed. Dwight Johnson, DJ Johnson Jr., uh, another. He's got NFL bloodlines. His uncle, I believe, is Derek Johnson, former Kansas City Chiefs linebacker, uh, leading tackler for powerhouse Dutchtown in Georgia. Julian Davis, another physical linebacker out of Union Grove, also in Georgia. And then they added, of course, the two transfers. In recent days, B.J. Davis and Taekwon King, the two guys we had uh, pre- really chronicled in our last podcast. Also, I forgot to mention Tymere Brown from North Carolina, the transfer, who will also be joining McKinley and Turner in the secondary as projected signees. And then, of course, a couple of offensive linemen and local product Bryce Weaver and Cam Durant out of Cane Bay. And then the quarterback, Raheem Jeter, out of South Carolina, expected to be an early enrollee, along with Cam Durant as well, the offensive lineman, both South Carolina products. And Jeter heard mixed reviews on how he looked at the Shrine Bowl. I still think he's going to need some time to develop as a quarterback, as the lone quarterback in this recruiting class. But I like his physicality. I like his size. He's a natural athlete. Um, pretty good feet. Can extend plays. I think once he just continues to refine his mechanics, hopefully become a little bit more accurate consistently, I think he could be able to help. But him getting in early should should allow him to get some reps starting in spring ball because right now you only have three scholarship quarterbacks projected, including Jeter. So he should be able to get at the least some third-team work, which will be very valuable earlier in his career of course, behind Mason Garcia and Alex Flynn, both of whom are expected to return. So, of course, there's your uh, recruiting class expected to sign. Also, Antonio Ferguson tied in out of Apopka, Florida, um, who made it to a state title game as well. So two state title participants from the state of Florida said to join your class in Antonio Ferguson and Kamari McKinley. And just to give you guys an idea of how tomorrow is going to go, I'll be up at 7 a.m., of course, when we get the initial announcements. Usually they come from the ECU Pirate uh, Twitter account, social media pages. They'll officially release the national letters of intent. We'll have our own write-ups and bios of the guys and also reaction throughout the day. 
as players sign. Again, we kind of cover recruiting year-round, so you guys know that follow recruiting, kind of know who's expected to sign. And then now that signing day's here, we get to have official comment from Coach Houston about it. We're set to have a press conference, I believe, around lunchtime with Coach Houston, where we'll talk about the guys who have officially signed, maybe what's next, what's on the agenda for the coaching staff going forward. Uh, We'll probably talk about the bowl game as well as we are – as we sit here on Tuesday, only seven days away from the Birmingham Bowl, Coastal Carolina, and East Carolina. And as we get through this press conference and as we get through signing day, you'll notice our coverage really start to flip more into game mode. We'll preview Coastal. We'll dive into the Chanticleers and focus more on that. And then once the bowl game comes and goes, we'll really turn our attention more to what to expect in January in recruiting Official visits will be opened in early January for transfer prospects as they try to make their final decisions. Again, the semester for most schools starts that second week in January, and players will be taking kind of their last-minute visits, especially those that are transferring in early January, trying to make that final decision if they haven't already by this time or by Wednesday signing day. So um, at least those that are projected to enroll mid-year at a school. So a lot to still work on and we'll continue to have coverage on Hoist the Colors. We're continuing to run our 50% off special. Again, you can sign up with an annual pass for 50% off on Hoist the Colors. If you're a new subscriber or if you're a current monthly subscriber, you can upgrade as well. 50% off on Hoist the Colors. Go to hoistthecolors.net, click our, uh, our offer page, and you'll be taken right to it with uh with that process if you have any questions feel free to reach out to me over dms twitter however you want to reach me and i'll be glad to walk you through it if you haven't subscribed yet all right that'll do it for our opening segment again just kind of wanted to set the stage for what to expect going into tomorrow and on the other side we will talk about biggest storylines to follow because along with the things that we just ran over which are going to be the things we expect. There are also a few storylines heading into Wednesday. We'll be right back on the Hoist of Colors podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back into the Hoist of Colors podcast. We are previewing National Signing Day, especially from an East Carolina perspective. The Pirates scheduled to welcome a crop of future Pirates to the fold. And when you look at Signing Day, I think there's a... There's a couple of main storylines as far as things we're looking to still unfold. 
We'll start with number one, the Jones County Georgia duo of Javius Bond and Javian Clark. These are two guys that the Pirates have had on recent official visits who have decisions to make. They are still technically, at least publicly, committed to other programs, but are considering the Pirates going into signing day and are expected to announce their final decision on signing day. They are are teammates at Jones County in Georgia. Javius Bond is a running back slash athlete, three-star recruit, who has been committed to Memphis. And then you have Javian Clark, a defensive back projected to play safety, who is committed to Toledo. Javius Bond and Javian Clark, I'm saying these slowly so I don't mix up their names, are expected to sign side-by-side on Wednesday. And, of course, with ECU releasing their national letters of intent, if they do end up flipping to East Carolina, we could find out through ECU if they've signed with the Pirates uh, before they make their announcements at their, uh, their, I believe they're doing it at their school at the same time. So just so happens that the high school that both these players attend, their school colors are also purple and gold. Uh, so could both be deciding to sign with the Pirates and continue their athletic careers in a different purple and gold. I think there's a good chance to both end up as Pirates. Again, Javius Bond, if you look at Memphis, they they just got a commitment from another running back with a various with a very similar build to Javius Bond in the 5'9", 170 range speed back, which is what Javius Bond is. He's a big play, home run type guy. The Pirates kind of envision him being the next Keaton Mitchell, so to speak. Well, with Javius, I just continue to get vibes. He's likely bound for ECU. Memphis is getting those vibes as well. That's why they signed or going to sign another back. He also visited Western Kentucky, but I think he's going to choose ECU as we record this right now. I'd be surprised if he didn't. Javian Clark as well. I have submitted my crystal ball in favor of East Carolina with a confidence score of seven. He would be another lengthy athletic addition on the back end at safety. Was a one-time Georgia Tech commitment. Suffered a knee injury early in his high school career. You know, things went their separate ways there with the Yellow Jackets. He ended up committing to Toledo earlier this recruiting period. But the opportunity at ECU, A, he gets a chance to play in the American. B, he gets a chance to stay in the South a little bit closer to home rather than going up to Toledo. And he just visited East Carolina this past weekend. He shared some video on some Instagram Live about him trying on new uniforms, that sort of stuff at ECU. So I think he really had a good time, and I do really expect both these guys to end up as Pirates. Now, it's not it's not officially over until it's over, but I do think both are trending towards ECU, and if both commit to ECU, they would both be significant additions at the last minute from Jones County in Georgia. All right, number two, and a lot of eyes will be on this guy on signing day, Antoine Jackson, four-star defensive back commitment to Miami, just visited Miami. The the Hurricanes are having an unreal, unreal recruiting class. I think they're up to third or fourth nationally in recruiting. Uh, Jackson also officially visited East Carolina on December 9th, and I'm told he continues to stay in contact with the coaching staff We've been reporting on this for a couple of days now. It's just, you know, again, I said it last time. For a guy at Dillard High School, which is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, committed to Miami, long-time commitment to Miami. If he flips to East Carolina, 
you know, this would be a, a major deal. He would be the highest rated recruit to ever sign with ECU in the 24-7 sports composite era. He would be doing something pretty unprecedented, a Florida kid, a South Florida kid, flipping from Miami to attend East Carolina and Greenville, North Carolina. That would be unprecedented. You've got several things in play here. One, as we talked about, Miami's got such a big and talented recruiting class. Antoine Jackson is going to be the youngest member of that class. He was a class of 2024 recruit originally as a five-star 2024 kid, reclassified to 2023 in order to get into school and start a year earlier. Was then, I guess, downgraded to a four-star. Still a very significant recruit for the 23 class, but... He's going to be behind, most likely, a lot of the same guys at his position at Miami. They just got a commitment from a UCF corner. They have several other defensive backs already committed and that they are working on. Realistically, Antoine Jackson's path to playing early, if that's a priority for him, is much easier at East Carolina than Miami. Number two, his girlfriend, Karina Gordon, is signed to play women's basketball at East Carolina. And we all know that that at least playing is somewhat of a factor in this decision. Now, I've been told that ECU has recruited Jackson straight up. They haven't really mentioned his girlfriend at all. They're recruiting him just on the the message of, hey, we need you to come play here. You can be a star here, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing's being promised to him as far as playing time, any of that stuff. But obviously the girlfriend is an important factor for him. It hasn't been brought up by ECU's coaches. They're more recruiting him as a football player as they should that's their job but all this is giving Jackson a chance to potentially pull a shocker on signing day and I wouldn't rule it out now am I expecting Jackson to sign with East Carolina I have my doubts I know that he stayed in contact with the East Carolina staff and has given them reason to believe that he may indeed sign with the Pirates on Wednesday I'll just say this ECU will not be surprised if Jackson sends in his national letter of intent to East Carolina University. Now, we all know you can't sign with two schools. He's got to pick one or the other, Miami or East Carolina. If I had to put money on it, history says he'll sign with Miami. But I'll just say this. Don't be surprised if he does get announced as an ECU signee on Wednesday. It would be a huge deal. It would be one of the biggest recruiting stories we've ever had the opportunity to cover. And so if it happens... We'll talk about it then. My suggestion would be if you're an East Carolina fan, expect here's how I would approach it. Expect Jackson to sign with Miami. That way, if he does, you're not disappointed. And if he does flip the ECU, then you can celebrate it and take it all in. But right now, I don't know, man. It's just we've seen so many recruits over the years pick the quote-unquote power five school due to the prestige and the popularity of it. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jackson from friends, family, et cetera, to stay in his home state, to stay in his area and go to the U. Whether that's the right fit for him long-term or short-term, who knows? We'll see what he decides tomorrow. Uh, I believe he's set to announce on Instagram Live uh, in the morning, I think 9 a.m. Double-check that. We'll have more coverage of that heading into tomorrow. But, hey, we'll see what happens. And if Jackson does go to Miami, at least – The Pirates have created a great relationship with him, and if he enters the transfer portal in one or two years, like so many other guys are that ECU recruited and ended up at other programs, the Pirates will be right in the mix to get him as a transfer. But, hey, maybe they'll get him out of high school and uh, 
and pull a stunner. We'll see what happens on sign today. Uh, number three, our big storyline is, are there going to be any surprises? We talked about Javius Bond, Javian Clark, Antoine Jackson. Those are kind of the guys that are still dangling out there as possibilities from the high school ranks. Well, there's also some other guys, some transfers who have visited in recent weeks. Max Longman, the UMass offensive line transfer, we're still awaiting a decision from him. He's visited East Carolina, Toledo, and Indiana. I talked with him on Monday. He said he hopes to decide this week, whether that's by Wednesday, Tuesday night, whatever. I don't know when that'll be, but he is likely deciding between those three schools. He's got two years left to play the offensive line transfer from UMass. I feel like ECU's got a shot, just don't know which way that's going to go. Would be a significant add for the offensive front if he chooses the Pirates. There's also Daquan Felton, Norfolk State wide receiver transfer, although the latest I'm hearing there is he's likely going to sign with Virginia Tech, barring something unforeseen. Visited ECU, visited SMU, visited Virginia Tech. Seems like it's trending towards Virginia Tech which is unfortunate. It means the Pirates will have to search the portal for another immediate wide receiver addition out wide. Also, still, I don't know what's going on with some of these guys who have visited. You know, Caleb Ford DeMint is a former Washington uh, State cornerback who is has not made a decision, at least publicly. He's visited UConn. He's visited ECU. I don't really know how high he still is on ECU's board, but... We'll see what he decides, if anything, at this point. Devon Clark and James Jenkins are two other targets who, at last check, look like they will be waiting to sign. James Jenkins is a high school offensive lineman out of Tampa, Florida. He's visited ECU. He's visited South Florida. He just got an offer from Old Dominion. He just decommitted from Cincinnati. He's got a lot going on. Sounds like he wants to wait a little bit, maybe – reassess things in January and sign in February. If so, I I don't hate that for ECU from the standpoint of it seemed like he was trending towards South Florida, the hometown team with the new coaching staff and a lot of buzz. Now seems like he's going to reassess some things. And then Devon Clark from Tyler Junior College in uh, Texas visited ECU, still committed to Utah State, but told me he intends to sign in February. He's got some academic things to work on, so he maybe wants to see what else is out there in January as he continues to work on those things. He is projected to be a spring graduate, therefore not as much emphasis even as a JUCO guy to sign now. So those are kind of the names that are still at large. And as this calendar flips to January, I think you'll see some new names emerge for East Carolina. I think perhaps you'll see some old targets who are still left unsigned emerge as the Pirates kind of reassess things. Here's what's going to happen. The Pirates are going to get through signing day, and they'll continue to do recruiting, but really their focus is going to shift to the bowl game completely as a staff. And then after the bowl game is over, you'll see it reshift to recruiting. That's kind of how our coverage will go as well. And so we'll continue to get questions. I understand that from the from the fan base you know, what transfer portal targets are are being recruited, who's next on the board, that sort of stuff. Just know we're probably not going to have a ton of answers there going forward in the immediate future. But as we get later in December and towards January and into January, we'll have more of those answers. So the goal right now is just to get through Wednesday. 
one day at a time. We'll see what happens with Javius, uh, Javius Bond, Javian Clark, Antoine Jackson. We'll see if there's any surprises in both good and bad. I mean, let's be real. There's always the chance somebody else could flip away from ECU. We're hoping that doesn't happen, but we've seen it in the past, both good and bad. And right now, I don't have any intel to suggest another flip is coming from ECU's commitment list, but crazier things have happened heading into signing day. Uh, hopefully, we get most of these signatures in the morning. In the last few years, they've been done basically by mid-morning, just in time for the press conference around lunchtime. So, uh, again, we'll keep you up to date with the latest intel on hoistacolors.net. From my understanding right now, there would not be preferred walk-ons announced on signing day. They have to have paid a deposit to the school to be officially announced as part of the class. We've seen in future or in, in recent classes, excuse me, they have been announced at times, but it sounds like ECU not going to announce some of the walk-ons have paid that deposit while other ones haven't. And so they don't want to announce like half the walk-on class and not announce the other guys. So uh, that's something we will confirm at a later date. Again, the early enrollees from the scholarship high school players will be Raheem Jeter, Cam Durant, and if he commits, Javius Bond is expected to enroll mid-year in January. I would also expect all three of the transfers, Tamir Brown and the two linebackers, B.J. Davis and Tyquan King, to also enroll in January and go through spring practice. All right, the only question I got on Twitter is from Christian Bateman. He says, is there anything we know about Shamar Sutton, product of Northeastern High School in Elizabeth City, on whether or not he is going to sign with the Pirates? He is currently listed as a scout look on 24-7 sports hoist the colors. I'll be honest, have not heard a lot about Shamar Sutton and his recruitment. Uh, just looking at him on social media, looks like he's got some smaller offers. St. Augustine has offered him Elizabeth City State, New Hampshire. If I had to guess, he's likely a preferred walk-on candidate as a slot receiver. He's visited uh, East Carolina a few times in the past, but kind of a smaller receiver listed at 5'8", 170. ECU, of course, will recruit Northeastern High School. It's the Eastern North Carolina High School program. Um, kind of a weird dynamic with that school in the past at times they've sent more of their kids to the ACC than to ECU. Of course, Travion Freshwater did end up here, but things did not work out. And, uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, he'll be a name I'll monitor going into, uh, later this month, but have not heard a whole lot about, uh, him at this time. Uh, there have been some other notable preferred walk-on commitments. Jake Crocker, a product of Princeton high school in the Eastern part of the state, Grew up an ECU fan, had a scholarship offer early, ended up now coming as a preferred walk-on as Pirates numbers are limited. There's also been another offensive line uh, preferred walk-on commitment as well. So I think it'll be a solid preferred walk-on class, and we'll have those those names uh, confirmed for you down the line. But right now, just focus more on the scholarship guys as the recruitment 2023 class will take another step on Wednesday's National Sunday as players put their pen to paper and make it official. All right, that'll do it for the Hoist the Colors podcast. Just wanted to give you guys a brief synopsis of what to expect heading into Wednesday. Got a lot going on. The wife's birthday is Wednesday night. I guess Wednesday. 
is her entire birthday, but I'll be celebrating it Wednesday night because I'll be busy in the morning with signing day. We'll have our intern, Kaysen Romaley, will cover the basketball game against High Point as the Pirates wrap up non-conference play under Mike Schwartz. They are 8-4. and four. They're taking on the Panthers to close out non-conference play. The Panthers come in at 8-3. Should be a pretty good game as ECU coming off a big win over South Carolina before returning home to face the Panthers, and then they'll start conference play on the 28th against the Temple Owls. So we'll uh, we'll have coverage of that on hoistedcolors.net. We'll have coverage of signing day and so much more. Appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, we'll talk to you at some point in the next few days. We'll try to have a signing day recap once the signing period ends and much more. As always, on hoistacolors.net. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next time. National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.